of SFL Nation, and welcome back to SFL Nights with AJ Schreiker. Thank you so much for joining me today or tonight or whenever you decided to hit that play button or turn on that radio dial. Really appreciate it, y'all. And look who I have here, Mr. Michael Percoco from the Vancouver Legion. How are you? I'm good, AJ. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, man. Thanks so much for you being here. Yeah, especially on a week when basically nobody watched any games because it was Easter. (laughs) (laughs) And listen, you got a whole family, you got all the children, everybody over there. I'm so, I'm surprised it's quiet right now. Yeah, well, I send them away during work hours. They're not allowed around me, so. That explains it. (laughs) And they know it's AJ time. (laughs) <laughs> well thanks again for being my co-host for the the this this week um we have some fantastic games to go over i also have my fourth and goal interview with mr Corey chief meaner deandre washington aka um terrell sutherland i also have uh mr juice parish which is one of the new san jose flight members tight end so this is going to be an awesome show um so let's strap in for the fun all right so break games as i spoke up before on april the 3rd and the 4th i chose denver baltimore louisiana vancouver florida arizona lone star la and st louis fort worth and portland and houston to win those games so let's see how everything shook up maybe maybe i got them all right Maybe not. That is not. <laughs> now those are pickums and not with the spread, right? Because they were rough with the spread this week. Yeah, these are ones I picked. Okay. For my show last week. Okay. And um, sometimes I'm gonna roll with the nose if you know what I mean. So we'll see how it picks up. The Baltimore Vultures took on the Mexico City Aztecs, and the Aztecs won uh, 26 to 24. I was wrong about this game. Baltimore had 299 yards passing, 27 yards rushing for 326 yards total. Their time of possession was 19 minutes and 39 seconds with five mistakes. Mexico City had 288 yards passing, 78 yards rushing with 366 yards total. They held the ball for 24 minutes and with two mistakes. So, Coco, what did you think about this game? Um... Ramos was sweating. Um, and it's not just the numbers. Um, so, I mean, in this game, you could really see that. Uh, I don't know if uh, Ramos was trying new things that he had never tried before, um, but there was movement, like with the Matt South, um, that he wasn't comfortable with. So, um, Baltimore definitely knew what they were doing. And that's, I mean, it's expressive of the score 26 24. Um, these are two teams that. Um, do their work, know what they're getting into. Um, uh, they try to both, you know, it, I try not to be as bland as possible with it, but it's exactly what it seems when you have a game that's 26 24. Granted, at the time of possession, um, is a little bit, you know, uh, five minutes. Um, you know, the one thing that uh, Mexico City dev- definitely has working for them is, is um, when they do use Ray um, in, out of their backfield as well. Um, they are able to kind of tack on those minutes um, a little bit more. And that's one of the things I'm curious about because you don't really get to see it while you're watching the game is um, how Ray actually did uh, 
in the long run. Let's see. That's it. Of course. Two, why not? Two carries. But did they throw to him? No. Rob no. If I'm, if I'm going to win, I'm just not going to go to Bentley. <laughs> so. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> but again, well, you know. Go ahead. Bentley's getting ready to, you know, be busy with the baby too. So, you know, maybe they were just trying to give him a break, you know. <laughs> you know. But, but again, four wide receivers and, you know, fullback and a halfback. There's so many options that Ramos has. It, it's That's the thing, even being as good as Baltimore is. Um, it's hard to prepare when there's so much versatility there. Um, and that's the thing. So. Very, very, very true. Quarterback uh, Matt Wilson was the player of the game with 31 completions out of 46 attempts, 288 yards, one touchdown, and a QBR of 73.5. The Queen City Corsairs took on the Lone Star Glory, and the Glory won the game 35-34, to another very close game. I was right about this one. Uh, Queen City had 159 yards passing, 154 yards rushing for 313 yards total. They held the ball for 22 minutes and 10 seconds with one mistake. The Glory at 274 yards passing, um, let's scoot this over a little bit, 164 yards rushing, 438 yards total. They held the ball for 21 minutes and 50 seconds with four mistakes. So, Queen City had only one mistake. Lone Star had four mistakes, but they still won a winning game. How does that work out? Before I go into this, I apologize, Matt. I think I said Matt South. I'm bipolar. Sometimes I don't realize it when I say it. Things are going all over the place up there. No, you're um, good. You know, and and I mean, sometimes you feel bad for Queen City. They had such a great game um, up until the like it was like halfway through the third and, and all through the fourth. Um, you know, halftime came around and. Um, they were up by 10, but again, it seemed like they just controlled the ball and uh, LSG was having problems getting into getting into the the end zone from the red zone. So, you know, you, you look at 21 versus 10 uh, in the in the last last half. Um, that's it, that's what it was, is LSG has got a new style of offense. Um, it's something they're still adapting to. There's going to be growing pains. They're going to make mistakes. Um, but again, there's going to get to a point if they have a slow first half, it can switch and be a completely different second half. Uh, same thing goes if they have an extremely explosive first half, they could slow down and have a much worse second half. And, and that's the thing is when you're transferring in between uh, styles of uh, an offensive playbook. So, and that's what you see. Perfect. And player of the game was half back. Ike McBride, she had 19 attempts, 159 yards, one touchdown, 52 reception yards, and one reception touchdown. You go, girl. All right. The Carolina Skyhawks took on the Los Angeles Vikings, and the Vikings won the game 17 to 13. I was right about this game as well. Uh, Carolina had 180 yards passing, 74 yards rushing, but 254 yards total. They held the ball for 20 minutes, 24 seconds, with two mistakes. The Vikings had 237 yards passing, 179 yards rushing, for 416 total. They held the ball for 22 minutes, 32 seconds, <clears throat> with three mistakes. So, again, um, there was three mistakes for L.A., only two turnovers for Carolina. Um, but I think the passing game was the true uh, test 
for this game because Carolina was only held to 74 yards while um, LA had 179 yards. And I found it interesting that there was no player of the game. So Mike, um, after your synopsis of this game, would you mind giving the player of the game or who you think should have got it? Um, <laughs> whoever took out Carolina's free safety um, should be player of the game. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I missed that one. You know, I'll give it to Tom because when Tom uh, when when Tom helps her run Sims, he 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 injures people all the time, and he's very happy to post it um, in general chat uh, when people get hurt in his Sims. Um, and and that was, I mean, one seventy is not a lot. I'm actually surprised that this game hadn't gone further once I heard that Carolina's free safety um, got injured. Um, uh, let's see. Because, yeah, well, I mean, the thing is they have two free safeties, so that's one of the things. But still, a lot of their their plays when um, Monty Wyatt went down, I think I think Chad Stinson comes up. Um, or it was Monty Wyatt. But they did have a generic player out there majority of the time. And usually, uh, the CPU is good at exposing that. So the, the f <laughs> that's how well these two teams know each other. And it's such a weird comparison because when you, you look at the Las Vegas game, um versus LA at the beginning of season it was a shoot off like they just went crazy with each other but then when you you look at the the two teams that kind of know their defensive style comparatively which is quick you know um it's you know and Ray knows that playbook you know she came from Carr um you just see within those it's just completely different. It's it's defense versus defense versus offense versus offense in that other game. So, um, and I think that was a testament. It's just the two styles really know each other well. Um, I'm just surprised that actually LA didn't wasn't able to expose that injury more. You know, it's it's funny because I, when I did have Carolina, some of the players with Carolina on, they did say they were definitely looking forward to this game, and particularly because of Ray and Sully, you know, being over in LA. So I thought that was a it was a heck of a game to watch, though. Yep, it definitely is. So the Jacksonville Kings took on the Vancouver, Vancouver Legion. And Vancouver won uh, 43 to 37. I was right about this game. Jacksonville had 356 yards passing with 24 yards rushing. 380 yards total. Their time of possession was 20 minutes and one second with one turnover. Vancouver had 457 yards passing, 238 yards rushing, 695 yards total. Their time of possession was 26 minutes, 36 seconds with three turnovers. Coco. 695, almost 700 yards in total offense. So we, and, oh, and and three turnovers? What was the secret? Tell me. <laughs> there was a point in the season where a lot of people were complaining about um, finesse backs and the, it wasn't going to work. And I was one of them. Um, and then I think I took three days off from work. Um, and I, I worked on the playbook and finding ways to get Redford. And sometimes in some games, it just comes out. Um, Jacksonville's first game versus us, they had a bad sim. Like, it, it shouldn't have been that margin is so high and I think they knew that um, when they saw it you know um, going into this game fully expected a shootout um, our defense is we had to move a lot of guys around in the offseason um, so you know there's certain areas of the field where we're a little bit softer than we would like to be 
and it definitely shows um in a game like this it's uh yeah you know we kind of knew hey jacksonville good team good defense good offense take your shots that's what's gonna have to happen so uh, yeah they are a good team and like i said you put up almost 700 yards on anybody you're bound to win the game and since you mentioned um your halfback Robert Redford was the player of the game with 24 attempts, 238 yards, three touchdowns, and 40 reception yards. Good job, y'all. Thank you. Florida, Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Good job. Right the there. Florida Storm took on the San Diego Mavericks, and the Storm won the game 27-16. I was right about this game. The Storm had 297 yards passing, but only 71 yards rushing, with 368 yards total. Their time of possession was 23 minutes, 57 seconds, with one mistake. The Mavericks had 257 yards uh, passing, 69 yards rushing, for 326 yards total. Their time of possession was 19 minutes and 30 seconds with two mistakes. So they were fairly close as far as offensive yardage is concerned. Um, looks like the Storm held the ball for a few minutes longer, but Mavericks had two turnovers. Um, also, there was no player for this game as well. I guess everything just kind of cut off right when they were getting ready, kind of glitched out. So, yeah. Coco, after your synopsis again, who do you think the player of the game will be? Um. <laughs> You know, granted, granted, he, he only had uh, three and a half yards per carry. Um, but San, Di- San Diego, one of, one of their better, they're, they're pretty decent on defense in the front. Um, you know, they still got a lot of developing to do um, with the defensive backs. Um, but they are, they're, they're very good in their front. And the fact that, you know, 20 carries uh, for 70 yards is, is nothing to laugh at when you have a team that does hold does hold typically runners uh, so well. I, I don't know what we had against against them the prior week, but I, I think there was only a couple, a few explosive plays. But besides that, they they held them in check. And being a rookie, um, I think the bullet uh, did pretty darn darn well, um, keeping them involved and keeping them in that game. Uh, definitely wasn't Doyle. Wasn't Doyle. It definitely wasn't Doyle. <laughs> I mean, I probably would have gave it to Ron Cochran or um probably get to the time. Or EJ. Yeah, I give true. it to EJ too. EJ EJ doesn't get enough love. True. true. Over there in Florida. So there you go. You're gonna give it to EJ. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> sure. Pull it EJ. You guys can have it together. Not Ron. Definitely not Doyle. <laughs> Fantastic. The Houston Hyenas took on the DC Dragons, and the Dragons won the game 17 to 12. I was wrong about this game. The Dragons had 194 yards passing, 79 yards rushing, 273 yards total. Their time of possession was 20 minutes and 22 seconds with only one mistake. The Hyenas had 333 yards passing, 64 yards rushing, 397 yards total. They held the ball for 22 minutes and 41 seconds, but five mistakes. And I think that those five mistakes was the dagger that killed the Hyenas, basically, in this game. <laughs> Man, was this an interesting game. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Did you get a chance to catch this game at all? Because I, I, I was a later one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I caught a bit of it. Yeah, especially that fourth quarter. It's like, um, so uh, Nate Hall um, was on the call with Eddie this game. And Nate Hall had some technical issues. And then when Cam sat down, basically, I think Cam flips his switch um, and tells, you know, tells all pro football, go nuts. Um, and 
<laughs> Listen, DC's been doing it all season to people, and even games where there's a large margin, a large margin uh, of points, that people don't realize from that scoreline how much DC has been in that fight the entire game, and 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 that's. I give it to Destro and his staff. They've done an amazing job, um, and that's what it was. Was they they caused them to make errors, and did DC maybe catch a couple lucky breaks? Um, I'm trying to remember. I think there might have been. Yes, there was, because Cam loves saying Kanye Rockefeller, um, and I think Kanye had a couple of uh, um, he had like a punt, a punt uh, either a kick return for a touchdown, possibly in this game. I can check right here. Um, yeah, he did. Um, he had 139 yards on kick returns this game. Uh, 92 of them coming on that, that, that touchdown. And that was the thing. They got a couple breaks, but that's what DC does. They make you make mistakes and they just wait. If they're not going to be able to do it on offense, then they're going to wait for you to make your own mistakes and they're going to try to capitalize off of it. And that's what happened. Tell you what, when those progressions hit in, that uh, set in with that those those new guys over there, they're going to be dangerous. Um, it's funny that you mentioned Kanye because he did have that 139 yard kick return, um, one kick return touchdown, mm-hmm. and he also had two interceptions and six tackles in this game. That's why he was the player of the game. Just doing oh, work over there. Congratulations. Yeah, where did he come from? What, what team did he play for? You know, let's see, Tulsa and Arizona, and you know. I think he started off. I think he was in Chicago for a minute, um, and I, I can't remember the other one. But yeah, Tulsa, well, you know, and there is a stop. So, <laughs> but yeah, great job, Destro. I'm sorry, Demond. Yeah, Destro, Miguel Nash doing their thing over there. You, they're going to be scary. You can tell by their offense. They're starting to learn as well, like how it works nowadays compared to when Destro used to have the team together. So mm-hmm. exactly. So, the London Knights took on the Fort Worth Toros, and the Toros won the game 37-24. I was right about this game. The Knights had 151 yards passing, only 12 yards rushing, though, for 163 yards total. Their time of possession was 15 minutes and 57 seconds with one mistake. The Toros had 381 yards passing, 162 yards rushing or 543 yards total. Their time of possession was 25 minutes and 59 seconds with five mistakes. So even though uh, the Toros did have those five mistakes, they were able to come out clean with the game. They only held London to 12 yards rushing and they held the ball longer to make, well, to unfortunately make those five turnovers, but um, to also um, make good things happen so they could win the game. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, he, here's the thing is some numbers become a little misleading in the fact that like when we look at the Toros time of possession, it says 2559 um, mm-hmm. and we think of them controlling the game. The thing is, my wife, Lauren, being a tight end, um, this was a game I made sure to uh, take my iPad and plop on the table and just ignore the rest of our family and Lauren and I would watch it um, <laughs> because what happened was uh dustin zek had uh, 328 yards for kick return which yeah that happens all the time um he had two touchdowns and they were uh, basically it was uh he had a kick return touchdown then they forced a turnover is that what they did kick return touchdown yeah, yeah. and then they yeah, i think they, he had two he did they were basically right after each other and you just mm-hmm. they were like what the hell was that and they were like they were both pretty much 100 yards like so um 
because Thicario, you know, he knows how to he knows how to put those balls in end zones, and um, so he had to run the whole gamut of the field. Um, and and that's what it was is they scored those two touchdowns so quickly. Um, Poros just had the ball for an extra amount of time because once they were scored, um, you know, that scoring play takes seven seconds. So you put up 14 points within a 14-second period. Uh, Toros are typically going to have the ball for a much longer majority of the time. Um, but that was that was the thing. It was another thing where London had 12 yards rushing and some, they've been getting better lately with the rushing game. Um, but Toros, no defense. Um, they no defense. And the difference with their two tight end sets uh, that differ from a lot of other teams is they have three wide receivers, much like somebody else in the league. Um, <sighs> and because if you use two tight ends and two wide receivers, you're really minimizing like what you can use in, out of your playbook. But if you have two tight ends and three wide receivers, you can use many different tight end sets. You can use those three wide receivers as well. You can open up things, not have the fullback. There's a lot of things you can do. Um, and, and that's really why you see 381 passing yards. So they're able to uh, stretch out the defense, let Williams get his room to the run. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a tough team to face. And we need them to lose to get into the top four. And it's a hard thing to root against my wife. Uh, <laughs> oh, tell, tell them how it is, huh? You know, I need y'all to lose. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, basically, you know, that's what it is. is uh, that's what, you know. Hey, football with friends. We're going to see a lot of people booing each other and rooting for against each other this week. It's going to be an interesting one. Definitely, definitely. Stephen Hacker, wide receiver for the Toros, was the player of the game with 196 yards, two touchdowns, and 28 um, yards per catch. Uh, the Las Vegas Fury took on the St. Louis Glad Gladiators, excuse me, and the Fury won 40 to 27. I was wrong about this game. Uh, Las Vegas had 228 yards passing, 152 yards rushing with 380 yards total. Their time of possession was 22 minutes and 20 seconds with one mistake. St. Louis had 385 yards passing, but only 82 yards rushing, 467 yards total. Their time of possession was 21 minutes and 20 seconds with three mistakes. So it looks like the three mistakes and St. Louis's rushing game not fully um, getting off the ground as 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 they normally would was the catalyst in this game. Do you think so? Um, for the first time, I think in, in the season, you look at St. Louis's defense and you're like, "Wow, really? That's what happened." Uh, they gave up 152 yards on the ground and. and well, they gave up 380 yards total, which I feel for them is a lot because their offense did happen. You know, they had 467 combined yards on offense was not something you typically see um, out of St. Louis. Um, so it's this game really surprised me um, because I thought if St. Louis had the chance to come out like that and put up 385 yards passing, then they'd have a pretty good shot at winning. Um, but that's how Slynn is. Slynn is a two-head monster, and you just, you don't know what end he's going to bite you on. Um, you know, they have a, their rookie quarterback, um, Pierce, and um, it's it's been a season for them developing it. Um, I think even Pierce jokes about, you know, his interceptions over the course of the season. Uh, but again, you know, he's a growing rookie, and you're going to have some of these games coming down the stretch where these these... 
these guys from the miners um, are developing, and they're going to have a good, huge impact on teams looking for playoffs. And uh, Las Vegas is still alive for the playoffs, which is, I did not see that coming at the beginning of the season. Um, they've been great down the stretch. So, yeah. Hey, the, the drama is real, man. You don't know who. Yeah. You don't know who's going to shine at what, what moment, you know? Yeah. So, but player of the game was Scott Johnson. Half that. Yes. <laughs> and he had 27, uh, 28 reception yards, 157 yards. Total two touchdowns, 13 reception yards. The Louisiana Revolution took on the Tulsa Desperados, and the Desperados won the game 29 to 21. I was wrong about this game. Uh, Louisiana had 254 yards passing, 151 yards rushing, for 405 yards total. Their time possession was 20 minutes and 52 seconds with three mistakes. The Desperados had 335 yards passing, 74 yards rushing for 409 yards total. They held the ball for 22 minutes and 39 seconds with three mistakes. So what did you think about this game, Coco? I was wrong about this game as well. Um, You know, we knew that somebody wasn't going to be there and we were going to have Shia LaBeouf um, at quarterback. And uh, But the thing was that it was still based off of the stats um, of the previous quarterback, and he did not have the best build, and it's been one of the, the problems, I think, that the Revolution have had um, this season coming down the stretch. Is, um, come next season, it'll be a little bit different a story. I think they'll have a, a much more sound foundation, but, you know, if you look at how they're built over there, it's, it definitely causes them trouble. And Tulsa just continues to just punch me uh, every single time I don't look their way. Um, you know, it's funny because um, I do the minors with Birdo and Jaden, and <laughs> you know, I know Jaden has, uh, I think he had uh, some lessons with uh, Ethan Kai from Houston over the offseason, just like I worked um, with my buddy Art. Um, and you see the potential that some of these defensive coordinators have, um, you know. I know it's 405 yards, um, but still, um, Registry is the type of guy that can put up 250, 255 yards on you if you're not lucky. Um, By himself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was lucky, I think, because we, we faced them week one, where it was kind of like, okay, well, we, nobody knows what's going to go out there. Let's just throw everything at Reggie. Um, whereas the season's progressed, they've, they've learned a little bit more. See, he, yeah, see, exactly. He had 6.9 yards per carry. So that just goes to show you a, a couple more plays uh, that Reggie runs on, and this game is a completely different game. Um, but again, good job to Jaden, and I think that's really what, what it was, um, was he kept them in check. You notice I talk about coaches a lot, because a lot of people like to talk about the players. Sometimes I like to talk about the coaches. Um, but again, um, Tulsa man, um, you had, you know, Heslep had uh, two interceptions and uh, Shaw had two interceptions. They were just, they're a sound team. Uh, they're a team that everyone un underestimates. And yeah. And it comes back to bite you every time you do. Yeah. As you said a lot of teams. You never underestimate any team, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but. Any, yeah. any given sim day, you know? Exactly. That's <laughs> right. We all have bad sims and mm -hmm. some teams just make it much worse. 
There you go. Mm-hmm. The player of the game was JQ, quarterback for the Tulsa Desperados with 29 completions, 41 attempts, 335 yards, three touchdowns, and a quarterback rating of 89. Now, <clears throat> The Atlanta Swarm took on the, the Arizona Scorpions, and Atlanta won 37-29. to 29. I was wrong about this game. Atlanta had 230 yards passing, 146 yards rushing, 376 yards total. The time of possession was 24 minutes and 35 seconds with two mistakes. Arizona had 298 yards passing, 68 yards rushing, 366 yards total. Time of possession was 19 minutes and 25 seconds with five turnovers. The turnovers, um, the fact that they held um, DJ to only 68 yards, all of that was definitely, um, I think, the deciding factor. And we only had the ball for 19 minutes, 25 seconds, even though we did make a kind of a push at the end when we got the safety from Mark Mello and we had a chance and just didn't have enough time to kind of go downfield and actually score. But it was a great game nonetheless. Just kind of sad that we lost it. But Atlanta did save their playoff um, hopes by winning this game. What would you think? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks a lot. That's, that's what I want to hear. Oh, you may play them in the playoffs. Right. <laughs> Nothing I love playing more than Atlanta. Um, yeah. Um, listen, I think we had, we had briefly just, I had talked to you about it uh, earlier in the week. And that's the thing when you play um, Mark and his staff is, do you know what they're capable of? And they're just, sometimes they're going to do it any weekend. And Atlanta's had a lot of bad luck um, in terms of the injury bug um, on defense, on offense, multiple times over this season. Um, so they're, their record doesn't really reflect, uh, of course, what they're capable of. Um, they do. How many times was okay? So, dynasty, you know, um, two interceptions, um, but his completion percentage was was decent. I mean, he had a seventy three percent completion percentage, and, and that's where you know another thing when we go back to two tight ends and two wide receivers is. It's sometimes it's not. There's only a couple things in there really that can kill you with the long ball in those sets, uh, but you will get consistency um, in certain 10, 15 yard gains um, if you hit them, you know, and especially below in five yard gains. So they hit it well. The thing is, is I think here is is Mark really uh, took a roll of the dice, so to speak. Um, because we all know with a finesse back like Moses is capable of, I believe you guys have two linebackers. Um, I don't think you have three um, this season. Let's see. Yeah, two linebackers. So what uh, basically what Mark did was he just took a – he said, okay, I'll see your two linebackers. If you decide to run three, you know, put a generic out there. Um We'll see what happens because BDG had the ball 39 times, 39 carries, uh, and only you know three 3.8 yards per carry, but 147 rushing yards, and he pulled off a run for 56 yards with that three rushing touchdowns, and that's what it was. Was um, he took a chance, and it paid off. Um, <laughs> sometimes that'll work, sometimes that won't, um, but. <laughs> I think he was really to keep those playoff hopes alive. Sometimes you really got to roll the dice 
and hope you come out on top and hope that, you know, teams are thinking trying to stop you in another way, you know, like maybe like out in the flats um, because he only had two receptions this game. You know, that sticks out. So I'm sure, you know, maybe Eddie was like, all right, you know, try to just throw out there to BDG or your two tight ends and see what happens. Um, and I think that's where it was. It wasn't so much of, you know, what you guys did in terms of, you know, your 300. I'm sorry you only had 300 yards passing. And, you know, Moses had 68 yards, but still 68 yards in this day and age is not a lot of teams get like 7 or 15 yards sometimes. And then that's when you're like, oh, this, this was a bad one. You know, having 75 yards, it's going to happen sometimes. And that's why you throw 300 yards. It's because it knows, hey, you know, you're going to have to throw 300 yards to compensate for this run game. So you guys, yeah. offensively, it wasn't, you know, your completion percentage went down. And I know you threw four interceptions and you were sacked twice. Um, you had some decent plays in there and maybe more of offensively. You needed to creep a little bit more. But again, Mark took chances and they paid off for him in this game. And if you face him again, um, I'm hoping for both your six. I think you're still in the, I'm assuming your record, you're still in the race, aren't you? We will be if we win with Sioux Falls. Exactly. Um, so if you meet them again, maybe think about uh, what chances are we going to take against them? Because I know when we play them sometimes, it's kind of like, go ahead, pick us off four times. <laughs> We're going to see what we can do because. You're one of those teams we just don't know some days if they're going to beat or not. So, yeah, I mean, they, you know, they, they did the thing, so you can't take that away from them. And they, we, you know, we lost at home too. So, but it happens, you know, as long as we can go ahead and turn that around, we'll be good to go. But BDG was the player of the game with 39 attempts, 147 yards, three touchdowns, and 3.8 yards per carry. Yep. The London Knights took on the Sioux Ball Sparrows and I'm sorry, she's not London. The Denver Nightwings, wow, took on <laughs> Sioux Falls Sparrows and Denver won 50 to 24. I was right about this game. Um, Sioux Falls had 238 yards passing, 134 yards rushing with 372 yards total. They held the ball for 19 minutes and 49 seconds with no mistakes. Denver at 274 yards passing, 259 yards rushing for 533 yards total. Their time of possession was 23 minutes and 26 seconds with, again, no mistakes. So what did you think about this game? I mean, a 50-burger? This is a game I forgot about. You know, I did pick Denver. Uh, what was the spread of this game? The spread of this game um, by Jax was 10 and a half. Um, I want to say Denver covered the spread by themselves, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the thing was, um, I didn't know the playoff implications, what this meant for Denver. If you, like, if I had really looked at it and someone said, if they win this game, um, they clinch a bye in the playoffs, then, yeah, I'm sorry, Sioux Falls. And against the majority of teams, I would have said, you're going to get slaughtered um, because... There's, there's certain games this season where you know that Denver is slow rolling. Um, there's certain games this season you know Mighty is slow rolling. Um, and when that when those implications came out to play, and I also think that somebody was probably a little... Was it Sioux Falls that they played in the playoffs last year? And lost? Mm -hmm. 
it Den- was it Denver versus Sioux Falls or was it I Denver think, versus Baltimore? I think it was I, Sioux Falls, wasn't it? I think so. Well, we can look it up. And and that's the thing is I think there was a little bit of a revenge game there um, while you look it up because you know Denver had gotten an injury and they still put, they were very productive in the playoffs last year and that was under the old settings. Um, they they were able to hang into that game where they had an injury. Um, so if it was against two falls, this was a little bit of um, a spike game as well. You know, they had a little thorn in their side from last year. Um, of Because I remember the beginning of the year, I said I was big on Denver because I knew watching that game last year and the fact that they almost won having their top wide receiver come out um, that they had a, a lot more uh, in the tank than other people were giving them. And when the season started, people picked Sioux Falls as their favorites um, and as, uh, or Baltimore, um, which granted Baltimore deserves respect for um, what they did. Um, sorry for the zip. And um, But um, as we've seen, when Denver wants to do something, they do something. So as they thought. do. You know, they, they wanted to prove a point and they wanted to secure their spot and this is what happens when they want to do that and i mean that's that's it that's 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 what you do that's the way it is you know right now we're all playing each other and we're just waiting to see uh you know who really figures out denver when they're at full steam um when they're not just playing games so gotcha player of the game was jared mcchesney halfback 24 attempts, 257 yards, two touchdowns, 41 reception yards, and one reception touchdown. Portland Fleet took on the Charleston Predators, and Portland won 23-13. I was right about this game. I'm thinking outside the box, I actually chose Portland to win. It was like, why would you do that? Because clearly I was right. But (laughs) Portland had 136 yards passing, 203 yards rushing, 339 yards total. They held the ball for 23 minutes and 50 seconds with three mistakes. Charleston had 156 yards passing, only 33 yards rushing, 189 yards total. Their time possession was 20 minutes and 10 seconds with one mistake. So... Portland definitely had a better running game. Um, they were able to stifle Charleston's running game, uh, Keith Swearingen's running game, and it that this that's what happened, um, in my opinion. Um, even though they did, even though Portland did have three turnovers, they were still able to capitalize and get that win. So Swearinger went down, I think, in either the first or the second. Um, he went down early. That's that's why he had six carries. Um, look at that Portland defense art. Um, and, I mean, Portland's defense has been good. It's been a key all season. The thing holding them back, of course, has been um, uh, it's yeah, it's 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 been their offense. Um, you know, the the thing, and you know. Uh, their their most developed player just happens to be uh, Zeke, uh, the love man. Um, and, you know, uh, when it comes to their wide receivers, there's still a lot of developing um, that they need to do. Um, they're always covered. Um, and Mount South has a hard time finding someone that's open. And that's like, you know, 
Uh, granted, he, he has pocket presence and he gets sacked a lot, but one of the reasons he also gets sacked a lot is there's just nobody open. He's always looking for somebody and he's always throwing to the ground. Um, this game, 75% completion percentage. Um, you know, only 24 attempts. It definitely was a run-heavy game that they attacked them with. Um, Charleston is built to scare the crap out of you um, if you pass. Um, they're, you know, you can, everyone can look at it, but their defense is really built for you to just not want to throw against them sometimes or find ways to just get around um, throwing them. And I think that's what Portland did here was um, they, they just told themselves, okay, we're going to run the ball. Um, if it succeeds, I mean, then uh, we might be in for a good show because 5.9 yards per carry. Uh, 67 yard long one. Um, so granted, um, probably like 135 yards off of the 34 carries. So only one like big run. But that's what it only takes with Zeke. They really rest on their defense to um, just to settle in. And I, I feel, you know, you, you don't feel bad. It happens. It's part of the game. But um, Charleston has had some bad luck as well with injuries. Um, this season, and that's all I got to say about that. Um, Just all I got to say about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and then they're they're a very well built team. Alan does a great job. You know, he was on here uh, a couple weeks ago, and um, you see his knowledge of the game. You know, you see what he knows, and it's when, when you face him, it's it's not an easy thing. But again, when you got no run game, T.D. Drew is just. Good luck, especially against Portland's defense. Noted. And I think the run was the key to the, their success. Ezekiel Love, running back for the Portland Fleet, was a player of the game with 35 attempts, 207 yards, two touchdowns, and averaged 5.9 yards per carry. So, overall, I got seven right, five wrong this week. Not too bad. You know, I think I started off like, what, four and eight or something crazy. So, I, you know, it's, it's progressively – Getting better, you know. Yeah. Um, I won my lock of the game, which was Atlanta. <laughs> What'd you say? My lock of the week was Atlanta. My, my one game that was an absolute. The spread was seven and a half points. Come on now, stop. You it. know, come on. Yeah. yeah, but I did win my lock of the week, which I was happy about. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see how it's right. Vancouver. So don't don't take it personal. Wait, listen. I chose you guys to win, though. I, I chose, which was very surprising as well, but the spread was three and a half this week, so I think that was the only reason why. If it was, <laughs> if it was us by seven, Jackson, I would have taken Jacksonville 100%. <laughs> gotcha. Now, we're getting ready to go over Week 12's games. Now, the graphic that will appear on the screen will be different from how we're going to actually be um, going over that list. Um, I will be putting the game uh, links in the descriptions so you can see that. And um, just the graphic that you'll see will have the stations, what is streaming on, and everything else. Um, if you want to see what we're talking about, if you want to um, find podcasts, if you want to see other articles that we write, if you want to um, get team information, rosters, always visit www.simulationfl.net for more details, and you can even join our Discord from there. So, Coco, let's quickly go over this week 12. All right. 
I'm going to let you go first. So Houston taking on the London Knights in Queensway. Who do you have? Mm, oof, no spread. Ooh, Houston. Houston? Got it. I think I'm going to go Houston as well. In Queensway, too. Baltimore Vultures taking on DC Dragons at Lord Destro Production Stadium. Who do you have? Lord Destro, Baltimore. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Baltimore. See? Great minds thing alike, right? Oh, this is a classic matchup of the Florida Storm taking on the Jacksonville Kings at King's Lair. Ooh, this has implications in many ways for both teams. Um, I have to, I have to go with Mighty. He's been playing lately. Mighty. This is the playoffs of old, man. They, they, these yeah. two more teams they know each other very well. Yep, yeah. Mighty. Yeah, going with the Storm as well. Sorry, um, I know it's crazy, right? Um, the Atlanta Swarm will be taking on the Louisiana Revolution at Stack Up Stadium, and I'm going to who? I think Atlanta is going to wind up taking that win. This is going to be. I'm actually going to go with Louisiana on this one because this is one of those games Atlanta should win, and something just weird happens, and they wind up losing. Oh, oh, see, they'll be coming after you at this, just so you know. <laughs> the um let's see here i have the arizona scorpions taking on the suit ball sparrows at liberty park and of course i'm gonna go with my team we need this win to stay in so we need it yeah yes i i yes you guys have the you are capable fully of beating sioux falls you have it so i will go with arizona all right, and the Charleston Predators will be taking on the Carolina Skyhawks at David A. Richardson Memorial Stadium. What do you got? Um, I actually find that Swanger runs pretty decently against heavy linebacker teams. So I I will take Charleston just based off of that fact. Um, Car's good. But I, I think with Swanger, yeah, he, Charleston with Swanger back in this game. Okay, gotcha. I agree with you. I think Charleston is going to be playing angry, and I think that they're going to come out and win this game as well. The fourth Park Toros will be taking on the Lone Star Glory at Medal of Honor uh, Field. That is going to be a great game to watch. Should he have? This is the problem in Week 12. These games are like <laughs> tough. Can has a crystal ball. Um... Yeah, I, mean, I know. I have, with the consistency that Fort Worth has played with, I need them to lose. Um, but well, I don't need them to lose. But I, w- I would like a chance at a buy. I could take a little CFO. <laughs> uh, um, but I'll have to go with Fort Worth. They're, they're just consistent. I think with the consistent factor, I will go with Fort Worth as well. Um, let's see the. St. Louis Gladiators will be taking on the Tulsa Estorados at Greenwood District Stadium. Who do you have? This is a pick em to me. Um, the way that they played. I'll go with Tulsa. Um, typically, I'd pick St. Louis, but I got to stop doubting Tulsa in some of these games. They, they take on good defenses and still win. So, yeah, Tulsa at home. I totally agree. I, I, you know, I, I think that Tulsa would definitely pull out this win as well. If JQ doesn't make the plays a game like he did last week, definitely. Um, the Las Vegas Fury, we're taking on the Denver Nightwings at Richard L. Stadium Stadium, Snowden Stadium. 
but he has. Um, I mean, he secured a buy. Has he secured first place? Let's just check real quick. I think so. But I'm not quite sure. And I'll pull up the graphic. Denver is sitting at ten and one. So, I think the uh, with a mighty win, I think it would. I'll go with Las Vegas just based on the fact that he is gonna slow roll. I think and try to. If it's a hundred percent, he's already got that first spot. I think he'll hold something back, and I'll. And I know Las Vegas has things in their arsenal to take him down. So I'll go with Las Vegas. While they do have the Arsenal and take them down, I think Denver is still going to come out with this win. Plus, we kind of need uh, Denver to win this game, too. It helps us out, too. Okay. That's a good reason <laughs> to take them as well. <laughs> the Los Angeles Vikings will be taking on your Vancouver Legion at Canada Field. What do you have? Um, you know, I don't always pick Vancouver, um, especially this early in the week. But I, mm-hmm. I will say this. When we looked at the schedule, we figured one and one. Uh, we, we, we thought that LA was definitely going to take one from us. Um, so this one we are planning to uh, take on the other side. So we want to even it out at one and one. So Vancouver. All right. I'm taking Vancouver as well. I think Los Angeles, you know, had a little stroke of bad luck. Not to say that that's not going to continue, but Vancouver just been playing lights out. So I'm definitely going to go with Vancouver. Last game will be the San Diego Mavericks battling the Portland fleet at the shipyard. What do you have? Um, it's an interesting game because uh, Hammer has taken over the San Diego's defense and Art is pretty good friends uh with portland so they have a semi-similar style um that's why when we matched up everyone was like oh portland it, it looks so much like ours i'm like yeah because yeah um mm-hmm. you know we work a lot together um so i will take i will take portland based on the fact that uh oh, man their passing game though it seems like they may have some some things figured out in passing. So I'm going to take Portland based off of the last game that they hit 75%. They're going to need to pass it more. So we'll see what happens on that aspect. But the defense should lock San Diego down. If you're San Diego, take shots. Last game of the season, you, you don't have a win yet? Go crazy. Just go nuts. Start throwing the ball. Sling it. What do you got to lose? You got nothing to lose. So try everything. Anything you want. I, I agree. Um, then San Diego's actually had some pretty good games when they were in it with some notable teams, too. Um, I think Portland is going to actually eke out this win because San Diego does have some progressions that need to go ahead and set in. Again, kind of like mm-hmm. D.C. Um, yeah. I think that they will definitely, um, definitely be a dangerous contender once those progressions do set in. But, yeah, that, that's going to be awesome. Now, um, let's see here. Did I say Baltimore and DC Dragons at Lower Destro Productions Stadium? Yes, you did. All right. Yeah, cool. we both pick Baltimore. Got it. Just making sure. Making sure. All right, everybody. So that wraps up our week 11 review and week 12. And now for the fourth and goal interviews. Stay tuned. All right, SFL Nation, welcome back to my fourth and goal interview. My first guest is rookie class member Juice Parrish. He will be on the San Jose flight this season, and um, he's also going to be their tight end. So how are you doing, Juice? I'm doing good. I'm excited for the uh, season to start soon. Get the ball rolling. Definitely, definitely. It's going to be amazing, man. Y'all are going to have a great time. 
Okay. Yes, yes. So yeah, tell us about yourself, Juice. I live in uh, Louisiana, but I'm a uh, I'm a Cowboys fan though, and uh, I work at a prison, a federal prison in Louisiana. Okay. And uh, I I like football, and uh, I came across the league and just trying to get to know everybody and get to know all the teams and stuff, see where I might fit in once my player uh, hopefully gets drafted one day. Okay. So just kind of hoping for the best. Sounds good. Hold on one second. Let me see something. Okay, cool. So how did you find out about the SFL? Actually, I was in a, uh, a different league before and, uh, I really there was some little things about about it I didn't like some of the ways they would run it and stuff like that and then so I wound up searching on Facebook for some other leagues to try out and then I came across y'all and then I seen that it's actually on uh like a TV channel and stuff some of the games and uh it looked fun with these made up teams and stuff like that so I figured I'd try it out and I like how you could get drafted to a team if you like that team you could stay with them like for your whole career and stuff like that. I kind of like how everything's set up so far. Yeah, it is pretty good, man. I joined like season 12 and it's been one of the best things that I did, you know, and we didn't have the um, the minor leagues when we joined. We basically just had one game to kind of showcase our talent. And um, so I think and now you guys got eight to kind of progress your player and to make them stronger, better, faster and things like that. And, you know, it, I, I think y'all going to have a really good time. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they, uh, some of the coaches, they already said they're going to let me try out the scouting thing to learn some of the uh, some of that kind of stuff just to be more involved and stuff like that. So I'm excited about that, too. Oh, yeah. So, do you have the game and everything? No, not yet. I plan on ordering. I've kind of been shopping around for it. Yeah, I hear it's hard to come by. So, you know, you can find it. Get two copies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, yeah, so did you say that you worked at a prison? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So, what, are you, like, just an officer there? Are you, like, what do you do there? Just a, uh, just an officer. Okay. I bet you it's got to be hard sometimes, huh? They always got some crazy stuff. Yeah, they always got crazy stuff going on. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. So what made you want to get into that field? I was in the uh, Army National Guard uh, before. and uh, I went to Afghanistan and stuff like that. And then when I came home, uh, I started out working at a state prison, but then decided, found out if I go federal, I could carry military time and stuff with me. And that it, it helped me out over there. So I figured I'd just uh, go that route. Okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. So tell me, have you ever played any sports? I played football a little while in uh, middle school in my first year of high school. But I, I really uh, wasn't that into it. I'd rather just watch the game on TV. What was your position? Uh, front tackle. Oh, like so you... Yeah, like on an offensive line. Okay, so you was putting up some good blocks for people? 
Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> well, I imagine that you you always getting hit, so that's probably why you. Like, nah, this ain't for me. So <laughs> that's why we have a simulation. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, um, how have you you've met the coaches from San Jose Flight and everything? Um, have you met the rest of your team yet? Are you guys in the locker rooms yet or not yet? Yeah, we've been talking a little bit in the chat room, getting to know some of them. Okay. It, it seems like it'll be interesting. Definitely, definitely. Do you plan on taking the advice of the coaches for your progression? Or are you going to try to do your own thing? Um, so far, I'm listening to what they advise and just kind of go with that. Okay. And see you, how my player looks after this season. Okay, sounds good. Now, did you want to be a tight end or was that kind of the position that was offered to you? I would have rather uh, like quarterback or running back or something, but they say it's really hard to get drafted like that and come across those positions. Yeah, it is hard. Not impossible, but it is a little difficult. So, I mean, tight ends are good too. You know, tight ends or anybody on the defense is a good position to um, to, to try to go out for. But um, there is other, like if you're not drafted as a TE, you can be drafted as other things as well. You know, as long as you talk okay. to the team. So yeah, it's not gonna. It's not like you're gonna be out of a job if you don't. But then again, some sometimes you have the SFL, the SFLM stars, you know, that didn't get drafted last season. So now they're gonna be even better this season in the um, in the minor leagues. So you're adding value to your player constantly, which is a good thing. And uh, whenever you build your player, do you get to carry all your stats and like your uh? So everything you built up on your player, do you get to carry it onto your pro team with you? Or do you, do. you lose some of it? You do, but unless you're that team that you're drafted to wanted to make some changes. So let's say we have a salary cap. I'm a GM of the Scorpions. So we have a salary cap. And if there is an animation that you have that is kind of putting us over, we may ask you to just drop it and then you can add it later, later on within the season. Okay. But it's not like, well, hey, we're just going to change your player all the way up. No, this is something that you paid for. This is something that you kind of crafted. So we want to make sure that we hold true to that. Okay. All right. And a couple more questions. Do you find yourself wanting to be involved in the league in any other aspect? Would you like to be on like a beat writer? Or would you like to do stats? Would you have time for any of that kind of stuff? I know you wanted to do the scouting thing, which is good. Yeah, right now I'm starting out with the scouting and see because I, uh, I work five days a week. So just to see yeah. how much time I have to actually uh, do some of the other stuff. Okay. Because being a scout is actually very valuable to, to teams. Um, we're always looking for people to kind of help out, help coaches out, kind of alleviate some of those hours that they spend on simming. If you have the scouts to kind of help, then that definitely can allow the coach to to do more sins to hopefully come out with the right outcome for the games. And what they say also, you could get involved on social media. Uh, how do you do that? You just like talk you just to make your make you a Twitter player and stuff, and like they have a Twitter page for the uh, for the league and everything on there. We do. We actually do have the Simulation Football League um, at Simulation Football League, excuse me, <laughs> or Simulation FL, I should say. Um, but that will be, again, with your own team, the team that you're going to be drafting, uh, drafted okay. to. They'll tell you, hey, we want you to be our social media director if you express interest. So that means you'll be running the team's account. 
So that means I'm, I'm, I'm actually doing that as well uh, for the time being. But um, so you just try to post something either every day or definitely on game days. They want you to kind of, you know, hype up the games, hype, let people know where to go, things like that. Um, when we get this, the players, the uh, SFL schedules every week. You just post that out there, let everybody know what's going on. Just basically promoting your team in the league and as a whole. But um, yeah, I, whatever you're interested in, just express that to the team that you're going to be on, and then that'll make you a lot more valuable to people as well. Okay, I might give that a try. All right, sounds good. So one more question for you, because I know you got to go. Um, what is what? Well, shoot, I should say too. How do you handle the adversity and and trash talk that people sometimes do playing sports? Uh, I enjoy it. Well, like in the last league I was in, that was one of the things they were real strict about stuff like that. And slip up and maybe say something that they thought would cross the line. So I learned to kind of uh, just watch what all kind of words I'm using and stuff and what how not to be too mean or anything like that, but I, I handle it well. And I try to have fun and joke around with everybody as much as I can. So what are some of the things that you're looking for in the team that would actually draft you? And what what will you bring to that team? Uh, I try to be real interactive with everybody and I'm trying to kind of get to know the teams. I'd really like to go to either the uh, Louisiana team or maybe one of the Texas teams like uh, Lone Star or something. And then, uh, but so far I think my favorite uniforms is the Las Vegas team. I like their uniforms. Oh yeah, they're very noticeable. <laughs> so what do you, uh, so what are you expecting from the team that drafts you? Uh, to try to get as much as I can. And uh, I want to find a team that I like enjoy to stay with like as long as I can and that, you know, to kind of help build the team and get to know everybody and try to help them maybe find players and stuff like that. So kind of like a, a family oriented type team where everybody gets along and has a good locker room and stuff like that. I'm sure you find that place. I mean, this this community is wonderful and it's a lot of good people here. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely sure you'll find what you need. <laughs> but thank you so much for taking time out with me being on the show I know you're getting ready to walk into work right now so that means a lot and of course you are invited to come back on whenever you want to once you actually start playing for the SFLM you want to come back and tell us about your experience there once you get drafted tell us about your experience there I would love to have you back on alright okay? thank you you're welcome before I let you go though I need to I, I want to give you the last word. So that could be a shout out to somebody. That can be a song or that can be a poem. Right now, the floor is yours. I'll give a, a shout out to my team, the uh, San Jose Flight. And I uh, hope some of them check me out on here and kind of get to know me and everything. And I'm just happy to be a part of this league and uh, hope to get to know a lot of fun people and uh, simulate a bunch of fun games and stuff like that. So thank you for having me. You are very welcome. I'm looking forward to talking to you again sometime soon, all right? All right, thank you. You're welcome. Have a good one.
All right. So we're back with my second part of my fourth and goal interview, which features Mr. Corey Meaner. Well, Corey Chief Meaner. And he is from the Charleston Predators. Uh, he is their cornerback as well. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on here tonight. Ah, you are very welcome. Very welcome. This is your first time on the show, too. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, Fantastic. ma'am. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, definitely a big thank you for, for coming out and um, for being on the show and supporting it and everything like that. And we're going to get to know a little bit about you, okay? So, good stuff. Fire away. <laughs> so, what is your age, your hometown, some interesting facts about yourself, and your favorite NFL team? Please don't say Green Bay, but okay. Well, uh, no, no, definitely not them. Uh, so, <laughs> 32 years old and live in Kima, Texas, okay. uh, just a little bit south of Houston, originally from Western Pennsylvania. So, as you can see behind me, all the Steelers, black and gold. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's not going to be hard to tell uh, <laughs> who my favorite NFL team is. Uh, but hobby-wise, I mean, just spending time with the family uh, outside of my day job. I'm a volunteer firefighter, spent a lot of time doing that. Been doing it for about 15 years now. Currently the uh, chaplain for the fire department I'm with, so plays a big part of my life doing that. I, I enjoy it immensely. Wow, that's that's pretty noble of you. You said volunteer? Yes. Oh man. So how many how many incidents have you been on? Has it been in a lot or do they kind of space you out or I mean, it, it it comes and goes. I mean, it's just one of those, you know, some days you have where you're getting hit, 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 especially down here. We have a entertainment venue in our area. So, I mean, it'll hit you. But other times, wintertime, it's nice and quiet. You don't have a lot going on. Uh, this time of year, it's starting to warm up. People are starting to go back uh, to the boardwalk and they think uh, margaritas are a great source of hydration. So we're getting a lot of heat related calls but you know it's one of those things that you know it's part of it but keeps me going hey and that's a good thing man um so pennsylvania all the way down to texas bit of a culture shock or not so much oh yeah it was i was disappointed because you know i was told hey we're moving to texas i figured open land out in the woods you know out open field I woke up the next day. I mean, uh, granted, I was about 12 years old at the time, 13. But, uh, you know, I woke up the next morning and there was I-45 right next to my window. I was like, okay, this is not what I signed up for. But, you know, don't get me wrong, uh, but this place is giving me more opportunities in life than up there could have. So, yeah, I, I got to be grateful for what I got going on down here. Gotcha. That's a good trade-off. That's a good trade-off. Oh, absolutely. So, tell us, how did you find the league in the first place? Well, uh, some people may know this, but I got close ties to uh, Mike St. Green uh, on his family. So, he told me about it, and I kind of 
pushed them off a little bit. I mean, I, I just don't have time. I was finishing school and everything. So finally, uh, he broke me down. And uh, at the beginning of season 15, I uh, just finally decided to get involved, and get active in it. Okay. Well, big ups to Mike St. Green for bringing in somebody. You know, that's a good thing. And um, have you seen any of our games prior to that point, though? After he told me about it, I watched a few games with him, and I could see the allure of it. But you know, for me, uh, at the time, I was like, I just got too much going on. Right. But finally, I was like, you know what? Let's get into this. Let's let's do something fun. Let's do something different. That it is. And I haven't man. regretted it yet. That it is. Now, you told me a, a funny story after um, – well, before I – actually – you can tell me after your stats, but I do want you to share that with everybody because I'm not sure if everybody knows that story. But um, so you mentioned that you started in season 15 and you've been with the Charleston Predators for both seasons 15 and 16. And you have gotten progressively better. Um, you have in your career, you have 73 tackles. You have 40 assists, uh, two tackles for loss, 13 pass deflections and seven interceptions and a total of 105 interception yards. So my question is, who helped you with your cornerback build? And um, are you doing, are you the sole one doing the progressions or is somebody helping you with that? Well, I, you know, with the uh, Charleston, we're, it's a strong team effort. Uh, you got good guys on there like Johnny Bravo. He's been a cornerback in the league for a little bit longer than I have, so I just follow his guidance, you know, talk through whatever you think, what should the next step up be to make my player that much stronger, that much better. Uh, that way we can be successful in the next games. Okay, gotcha. So did Coach have any input? First of all, did you want to be a cornerback when you entered the league? I, I've always even I've always been a defensive guy. Uh, when I was younger, I was always attracted to the offense. I always, I always ended up being centered because I was a short guy that couldn't run very fast. So, you know, they had to put me in that position. But you know, I slowly progressed into doing defense and started to love defense. So when they offered a, a cornerback, I was say, hey, let's try something new. Let's do something different. I was muted again. Okay. So, <laughs> so you have an interesting story as to how you actually came into the league. Um, would you mind sharing that with us? Or at least Absolutely. How, you, how you transitioned from your rookie season with Memphis to Predators. All right, so uh, as I said at the beginning of season 15, uh, finally signed up and got assigned to uh, the minor league team. I want to say it was Memphis. And uh, at the time, I guess, uh, I think it was around the fourth week of the season. Charleston was needing another cornerback and they approached me and at that point I was going to say hey let's do this you know just I, I 
at the time I wasn't aware of how uh, trying to find the best word to put it, how advanced my player was. I didn't real I was still learning the progression part of it. But uh, I finally got drafted or brought in, picked up by Charleston, and then uh, I started to see some messages fly around. Uh, kind of made me wonder, what, hey, what did I do about, you know, the people being upset about the uh, bringing in somebody that's relatively unknown out of nowhere, hadn't done a game in his life up into a uh, full position. But, you know, the one thing I I didn't know what the, what I was kind of getting into at that point. But at the same time, one of the things I've seen in my mind, a lot of the things that uh, some of the guys were looking forward to in the minors was that draft day, getting drafted and, you know, having their name brought up. So I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to give this up for, you know, be able to have a good start, start as a strong player and be able to provide uh, – more on the team than others. So, you know, I, I found it being a good trade-off. I agree. I, I totally agree with that because, you know, a lot of people do sign up for that experience of hearing the name call, figuring out, you know, the the talks, the, oh my gosh, which team is really going to be able to pick me? You know, you probably talk to four or five different teams and you just don't know where you're going to go. But then you hear your name called and just like, okay, this is what the draft feels like. Yeah, that, um, that excitement. Right, right. And I don't think people understood how much, well, you decided not to go that route, which is, you know, that's up to you. But I don't think people take that in consideration when they are mentioning such things. Because I know that you mentioned that you were on, uh, or that you were mentioned on the Dave Axton show too. Yeah, well, no, I know some people brought it up at one point and it's, I don't hold any grudges against them. I, I can understand. I can understand their side of it. You know, you got some guys that have been trying to bump up for a while and get on teams, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes me. I totally get that. Understand it. I just I got blessed and lucked out, right place at the right time. That's all. You know, that's all it was. Gotcha. So are you involved in any other aspect on the Predators? Like, do you do, do you help out with scouting? Do you help out with anything else? I plan to start getting into that. That's one thing I've been talking with Alan with is, you know, just trying to get a better feel for every aspect of the SFL. Uh, Definitely don't want to take us in the wrong direction, but I mean, slowly I'm going to get there. As I mentioned earlier, I was, you know, just trying to finish up my uh, degree and finish up school. That took a lot of time. So now that I'm done with all that freed up time, I'm going to start trying to be more uh, part of the team, just try to offer more and uh, provide more assistance. Because it's, it's in my mind, it's a all hands on deck type of experience to make this thing function and uh, to make it very successful, to have a successful team. Okay, so what about league-wise? Is there anything that you'd be interested in trying, you know, once you get, you know, get your bearings that you want to try, like, beat writing or maybe broadcasting or doing stats or anything of that nature? When time comes, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, uh, uh, right now, I'm just enjoying what I got going on right now. I mean, it's 
it's enjoyable. You know, you got good people on the team, good people in the locker room to chat with. Uh, everybody's sociable. I mean, they got nothing, uh, nothing bad to say, and we'll just see what happens. Okay, that's respectable. That's respectable. So tell me, how do you handle the trash talk and adversity that sometimes comes with any game, playing any kind of sport, and including, you know, esports and people? Oh my God, you know, you 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 missed, you dropped the ball, or your team didn't win, or whatever. How do you handle that kind of stuff? <laughs> well, yeah. Funny thing is, the most trash talking I get is from my little brother, who's also on the Predators, uh, Butch Menner. He uh, he's the one who always gives me crap about having butterfingers when I'm dropping passes and or dropping interceptions and whatnot. <laughs> so, but I I just look at it as an opportunity to, you know, hey, just where can I get my guy to progress this next time? You know, where where can we work on to make him a stronger player to be more successful in the future? Okay. Speaking of which, describe the Charleston Predators locker room and what is Allen like as an owner? So the locker room, great group of uh, guys and gal. We got gal on the team. So they're all great. Uh, I've chatted with every one of them. Super great people. Uh, always have a positive attitude. Uh, for the most part, you know, except, you know, you get that loss and kind of bums you out. But, you know, what? Hey, you got to look forward to next week. Uh, and as an owner, Alan, he's he's great. He knows he's got the experience. He knows what he's doing. And as I said, as I progress and start to try to take on a little bit more and help out more, I'm going to look to him for guidance because he knows what's going on. He's He's got the mindset that he can uh, give me the proper guidance to – be more of a contributor with the team. Okay, fantastic. So, is there something that you would like to see the league do differently um, in regards to anything? If it's the um, the initiate, like when you first enter that process, or um, the SFLM, or in, in just in general? Uh, honestly, for me. The biggest thing I would like to see changed or at least addressed or looked at in my mind is possibly with the injuries on the APF uh, aspect of it. Uh, You know, you got owners and other players, stats groups. You know, you spend hours and hours prepping, getting ready for that game. And, you know, you only have so many contract players. And then, <clears throat> perfect example, you know, uh, this past game against Portland for us, Swearingen went down and it reverted to a generic running back, which I got to say, I mean, all things considered, the generic wasn't horrible, but that wasn't Swearingen out on the field. Swearingen would have busted through lines and, I think it would have been a much different uh, outcome had, you know, that not taken place. Yeah, or I think this. Okay. Oh, <clears throat> no, no, no. I'm I'm done. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I definitely agree with you on that because we had a game where DJ went down, and you know, it was one of those pivotal games that we wound up losing, 
Um, but it could have been a different outcome if all of our team was health, you know, healthy. And, you know, I, I understand where you're coming from because people do put pay their money. Now, I understand, too, that they're trying to make it as a realistic experience um, as possible. <clears throat> so when you're playing the game of football, you do stand a chance on getting hurt. However, this is a little different. You know, people are paying money to see their player on the field, not to get hurt in the first quarter, you know, then have to sit the rest of the the, the, the time out, you know, watching their team either go down or, you know, possibly excel without you. Um, so I, I understand that. I get that. Yeah, and I agree with you, you know, having that real experience, you know, having the injuries, it does bring a sense of realism. <clears throat> where, you know, you're going to lose a guy. It could happen in real, you know, in the NFL, your player goes down. And that's, but that's where the thing, it, it gets kind of frustrating. You know, this game, it was both Swearingen and Makaro. They were down for the count and out. So, yeah. you know, we had to keep trucking on as best we could. And I just think, you know, just uh, filling in with generic players, especially at key positions like running back can be, a little stressful and a little frustrating when you spend all that time making that playbook. And then it's just, uh, you just, it gets tossed in the trash, you know, within first nine, 10 minutes of the game. That's true. Unless it's a situation to where they can just upgrade all of the generic players to. Or make, something like that, you know, making yeah, the generic players more. More competitive, right? Not so much, you know. If, if they can't take the injuries away, then I mean, by all means, let's let's make the generic players more competitive. That's right. Or at least, if not on the they same don't have level, to be a gold level, right? No, right. Maybe up to a bronze level maximum or something. Something just gives them a little more edge. Definitely. I can understand. Generic. And who knows? Maybe Cam will see this show and he'll be like, you know what? I'll, I'll definitely take that into consideration. Because he is a, he is somebody that you can't go to. And if you have concerns like that, um, even talk to on a one-on-one level, too. So he's, he's really good for that. Oh, um, absolutely. Time will, time will tell. We'll see what happens. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so what is... What is a goal of yours that you would like to fulfill um, in one year's time in SFL and in real life? Ooh. Well, obviously in the SFL, I won't even lie. I would like to see uh, our Charleston Predators win a championship. That would be that would be amazing. Uh, right. That's and I'm hoping you know being able to be a contributor in the future that will help lead the way and get us that championship trophy uh, personally though <laughs> biggest thing right now I've been working on is uh, I just earned a safety degree I'm trying to get a job in the safety field you know, right now I work in shipping and receiving which don't get me wrong I'm blessed to be able to be doing that and take care of my family but uh, as a, I want to be that safety guy, you know, the guy that's sitting in the office yelling at guys for doing stuff they shouldn't be doing, <laughs> you know, soaking up that AC all day. That's, <laughs> you know, that's what I want to be doing. Gotcha. But, and you know, that's, 
<laughs> but yeah, like uh, like I've told you, you know, it's I'm prepared for anything. You know, we're wherever I uh, end up, it's a blessing either way. Fantastic, man! Fantastic. And last question for you: How have you been holding up with this COVID situation? You know, everybody's been stuck in the house, you know, and wearing masks and trying to stay safe and haven't been able to see family and things like that. So how has COVID affected you? And will COVID prevent you from coming to the convention this season? Or are you planning on attending? Um, COVID really, for my daily life, other than just having to wear a mask and social distance a little bit when I'm in public, I mean, it, my life really hasn't changed too much, to be honest with you. And it's another one of those little blessings that I, I'm grateful for. You know, it hasn't taken a toll on uh, me or my family. I know it, it's got a hold of some of my family members, but luckily everything's fine. They've recovered beautifully. Uh, knock on wood, I don't end up with it because uh, I think my work or my employer would not be too thrilled with that with me, to me being out of the loop. So uh, in terms of the convention, it's definitely not going to hold me back. Uh, luckily, I'm uh, not too far off from where the convention is. So I have a good feeling of how things are in the area. And I feel like it's, it's going to be a very safe event amongst everybody. Well, sounds good, man. It's going to be a fun time. I'm looking forward to being there. I'm looking forward to meeting all the new fresh faces and seeing all my old friends and things like that. So it's going to be a wonderful experience. I went to the last one we had oh, in absolutely. Atlanta and it was it was great. The first one was in Texas. They said that was a phenomenal time for this first time. Um, I think second time was in Atlanta. They postponed it for um, last year. And um, now they're bringing it back. So fingers crossed that things are still, you know, headed in the right direction as far as this COVID situation. So we can all just go out and have a good time because it's been a while. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, I think we've all, everybody everywhere has deserved a little bit of relax and break and enjoyment with everything that's been going on. Definitely. Well, thank you, Corey, for being on the show. Really appreciate you. Um, uh, for being here. I don't know if I asked you one more question. Did you ever, did you ever play sports before or no? Oh, absolutely. Football, okay. baseball. Uh, those were the first two big ones. Uh, last time I really played sports, did, you know, men's league softball, the slow pitch softball. Uh, but since I've, you know, I got a family now, uh, priorities change, but yeah. I'm not, no regrets on it at all. <laughs> None at all. So, is there yeah, one? Is there one sport you like better than the other? Yeah, it's tough. I, I love both baseball and football a lot. I mean, it's uh, hard for me to choose one or the other. Uh, I, I do want to say baseball, though. That that was a sport I really felt like I. Uh, excelled at when I was younger, so I'd have hey. to say baseball. Okay, nothing wrong with that. You know, where, what position were you playing in football? In football? Yes. 
I uh, started out with center, and then eventually I moved into a linebacker. Oh, that's why you was getting out. hit. That's the reason why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with baseball, all you gotta do is make sure you don't get hit with that ball. <laughs> well, no, and baseball is a catcher as well. So I mean, I was oh. still taking. <laughs> Either way, I was in the line of fire. It, it didn't matter. I wasn't safe. <laughs> Well, good, man. It was good getting to know you, Corey. You are invited to come back on anytime you want to. You want to have some new news you want to share or, you know, um, anything. I'm here. And I also invite you to come back if you want to break down some of these games for um, the SFLM coming up. Or if you want to, you know, break down week 12 or the playoffs, any games like that, I'd be happy to have you back on, okay? Well, I appreciate you having me. And it was a pleasure talking to you, getting to know you. And I might take you up on that uh, one day soon. Sounds good. Now, before I let you go, I want to give you the last word. So that can be a song, that can be a poem, but that can be just a simple shout out. Right now, Corey, the floor is yours. <laughs> okay. I really don't have anything. Just be. <laughs> I really, I, you caught me off guard a little bit right there. <laughs> so I, I really don't even have any good words to put out there. I mean, are you going to sing a song? Yeah. Go ahead and sing your favorite song. Oh, Lord, I ain't singing. No, oh, I can't do that. No, I, I'll save my karaoke for the convention when, you know, everybody after a few drinks, then I'll do I'll do my singing. How about that? Hey, y'all heard him. Y'all heard him. So you got to keep it. Keep Make him keep his word. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Corey. Thank you for being on. I'll see you later. All right, we'll see you. All right, bye. All right, SFL Nation, we are back with my third and final interview I have with me, Mr. Terrell Sutherland of the, um, actually, he, he what what are, what position are you getting ready to play this time? Because I know you were, what, cornerback at one time? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, this time around, I am currently a fullback for the SFL minors, specifically the Salt Lake City Rustlers. Go wrestlers, you already know. <laughs> hey, that should be pretty good, man. That should be pretty good. But yeah, he was actually on Arizona for a short stint. And he had some you know, things he had to go take care of, personal issues. Um, left, came back to the league. And so we're great. We're glad to have him back, man. So, But for those that don't know who Terrell Sutherland, Terrell Sutherland is, a.k.a. Should I say it? Mm. <laughs> Best to keep my wrist. So. Okay. <laughs> let, 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 let them have a little fun with research. Okay. That that works. That works. All right. Give us some information about yourself. So give us your age, <laughs> your um, hometown, some interesting facts about yourself, and your favorite NFL team. Uh, I am 17 years old. I'm about to get ready and graduate my local high school. My hometown would be me, technically, uh, there, but was ready. And my favorite NFL team, I'm a Carolina Panthers fan. And please don't talk to me about that, that Darnold trade right there. I'm still processing, processing it myself. Yeah, he don't, he don't look. It's weird seeing him in that uniform from New England. Like, what? What kind of? Okay, all right. We'll talk about that later. Um, do me a favor. Tell us what's what town are you? What city are you from again? 
Because you kind of cut out a little bit. Um, I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. Uh, Memphis, Tennessee. All right, country boy. <laughs> I love it. Hold on one second. Okay, so tell us, how did you find out about the league in the first place? Uh, when I first found out about the league, I was in middle school just looking at football highlights and stuff. Mm-hmm. And roughly after that, I became a wide receiver for the now defunct Cleveland Vipers. Okay. Oh, so you've been, yeah, you've been around for a minute. Yeah, I've been around for a minute, in and out. Oh, cool. So ultimately, what made you come back? Ultimately, you can't, you just can't escape the community. Like, it's such a great community to talk to, be around. And every time, you always end up missing the connections you have with the owners, with the players, even with the commissioners. I'm, I have personal talks with. So I'm the lead staff, and they're probably some of the coolest people I ever met on this board. Yeah, definitely. I, I have to agree with you on that, man, because this is probably one of the only communities that you can kind of be a part of and feel relatively safe. You know, like nobody is really out to get you and stuff like that or um, putting on false fronts. And it's like who, who you see is who you get, you know. So I respect that, man. So um, so you with the the, the rustlers. So, all right, so it should be interesting, man, to see you go, you know, from being a member of the Cleveland Vipers then actually being on, um, I know you was on Arizona for a minute, um, then actually having to go back through that whole rookie process all over again and join the, the, the SFLM. So is this coming back as a rookie now much different from when you did it the first time? Oh yeah, it's completely different. Complete. I, I would have loved, absolutely adored the stuff we have right now. Back a couple many seasons ago, hey, even back in season thirteen, ooh, I, Lord knows yeah. what DeAndre Washington would have done if he had minor league. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Now you gave you know you gave it away, right? <laughs> I mean, that's technically not my real name either. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I said, you got like about five. So, but um, yeah, I'm a man of many names, as you can say. No worries. No, who you have there? Is that your? Is that your uh, sister? Yep, baby sister. Hey, baby. Hey, sweetheart. How are you, honey? Hey, I see. That's a, is that a phone you got there? My earbuds. Your earbuds? All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cutie pie, cutie pie. But um, yeah, so I imagine that it would definitely be interesting, you know, different because even when I was even when I was um, a rookie, you know, we had that one game to showcase all of our talents. And if you didn't get it in, then that's what it is. And then we had to go through the whole chat ranking where you had to chat to get your rank up and all of that kind of <laughs> stuff. So, yo, it was... It's it's definitely different, but it's it's enjoyable. So, um, how did you come to be on the Salt Lake City Rustlers? Did they approach you? Did you approach them? How did that conversation go? Uh, basically, I was just assigned to the Salt Lake City Rustlers. I I, I just had 
them playing, going in, being a fullback for whatever team. So a tiny bit of me didn't want to play for Memphis. Gotcha. I mean, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. You know, um, it it should be a, a a great experience. And then you're gonna. Did you get drafted? I think that was the question I was gonna ask you. The first time. Um, my previous build was drafted in the first round. Okay. I believe roughly pick ten of the first round, season thirteen. Okay. Okay. And so, um, at, at least you get to not too many people can say they can have more experiences twice, you know? So that's even a good yeah. thing. <laughs> so you said that you're in school, you plan on going to college? Mm, for sure. Going to college. What for? Uh, I got three things in mind. Currently graphic design is my number one with my backups being marketing and and turn the rules. Say that part again, you kind of broke up. My backups are marketing and journalism. Journalism, all right, sounds good. So, hey, man, you can start right now. How about you go ahead and join a beat team? You can join, um, <laughs> make graphics for the team that you're gonna be on, all of that. You can go ahead and get this practice in right now. <laughs> Interesting fact. I'm actually a writer for Swamp Talk as of right now. I got my own little session called Sit Downs with T. I've been trying to get more consistent with dropping article for it. But basically, it's just an anti series on like the farther end of the magazine. Nice. Look at you. Already kind of started. Kudos, man. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. So, um, what will you do differently this season than you have in previous seasons? Um, if there is something that you plan on doing different, cool. If you're still, if you're not, if you just you don't feel like you have to, then that's that's a good answer too. Um, probably the biggest thing for me this go around is probably not getting too caught up in like a certain character like I did previous times, being more genuine to me as a person rather than an image someone else perceives of me in chat. Okay. That's respectable. Definitely. And, you know, sometimes you get caught up in the role play, things like that. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing what Terrell Sutherland is going to be like, you know. <laughs> um, so tell me, do you... I know you said you wanted to do the journalism thing and, you know, as, as an actual job, things like that. Would you seriously be interested in helping the league with some things like that? Or you kind of just want to enjoy being a player for now? Uh, I would definitely be down to help, you know, every now and then. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. Um, what was the very, do you remember the very first game that you watched? With the SFL and how it made you feel? Oh, Lord. This is about to be a huge throwback. I know Louisville, the Louisville Wolfpack, I believe, were the home team. I forget what who they played, but I remember thinking that game, I got to get in on this some way, somehow. 
Bro, that was a while ago. Louisville Wolfpack? People look at the Wolves? Yes. <laughs> Wolves, <laughs> Wolfpack. It was <laughs> something of that nature. Nice. Nice, man. So what are some of the positive aspects? What are some positive things that you learned from the league since you've been here? Um, basically just to be more accepting of other people's opinions and working overall as being a better leader and person in general. Okay. That's good, man. That's good. And I think that with that, you will also inspire other people. Um, and people can understand why we, you know, appreciate this community so much because you can learn a lot. You know, you can start off by just being a player and then expand to do other things that you never thought that you would be doing, like writing, like making highlights or broadcasting. You know, people wait years just to try to to be a broadcaster, go to school and all that. When you can just come here and just learn it, you know, just to try it, you know, kind of like a trial by fire. So it's 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 pretty dope, man. Um so what are some personal goals that you have for your player? Um, are you going to work with your coach in progressing your players or are you going to be doing all the progressing yourself? I do plan on, you know, listening to coaches and of course, helping my build be the best they can to fit their scheme. Okay. And overall, just being an overall booster to the offense that I get drafted to. Okay. And so what type of personality will you now bring to the your drafting team? Because I'm going to put it in the air that you're going to get drafted. So the team that you're going to get drafted to, what kind of personality will you be bringing into their locker room? And what type of locker room are you looking for, for it to be in a part of? Um, well, I guess I can say I'm the competitive, but also kind of funny guy basically in the locker room I'm the joker but I will be the guy in the locker room to hype everyone up on game days you know console everyone after a loss those kind of things okay and so what what kind what are you looking for in the team that drafts you what kind of locker room what kind of um coaching staff are you looking for or, or looking to be a part of the biggest thing for me when it comes to SFL team go around this go around is the synergy, how the players interact with each other, how they interact with the owner, how the owner treats the players, coaches. Basically, I'm looking for an organization that feels like to, for lack of better words, a family, basically. I, I know that does sound corny, but it's all like that. No, it doesn't. Because, you know, the out of the 150, you're going to, this is going to be the 151st show that I've had. Out of all of these shows that I've done, that is the one commonality that people are noticing about the, the camaraderie with people, and even about the community itself, is that it is like family. So for you to say that is not a corny thing at all. You know, for some people, you know, that have families, this is a great way for you to kind of have you know build upon another one you know another group of friends people that you can look at as family too but for some people they don't have anybody that are in the league so truly enough we are kind of like a family too 
because they may not have, they may have lost their loved ones and things like that. So, no, you're not wrong. You're not corny for saying that because it means a lot to people for different reasons. You know, so. But you know, this is a this is a really good conversation, man. I, and I, I really appreciate you having it with me. I'm looking forward to seeing you, seeing your player out there. You know, making some moves and look at you over here. You you playing man too? You over there playing man, girl? <laughs> All right. So you gonna have a player next? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who knows with this one? Yeah. The sky is the limit. The sky is the limit, man. But man, I want to. I know you. You you're busy with the little one there. So I just want to thank you for being on the show and for stopping by. Whatever you want to, please, please, please come back and see me. We can break down some SFLM games together because I'm sure you're gonna be very opinionated about that. <laughs> you know. Of course. And um, and anything else that you want to talk about, man. Anything else you want to share? But I cannot let you go. Without giving you the last word. So that can be a song, that can be a poem, or that can be just a simple shout out. But right now, floor is yours. Golly. I sure had hope for this, but now I lost it. Hold on. Take your time. It's fine. I'm entertained by just, your little Just insert right wherever Kendrick Lamar gets you. <laughs> yeah, what she said. <laughs> but, but seriously, shout out to. Um, Tommy Gunn, Utah, and my other teammates out in Salt Lake City. Shout out to Roz, Schlin, and the whole organization. <laughs> and the whole organization out in Salt Lake, man, for giving me a chance. And hopefully we can turn this gun up this season. And you will. Looks like you got a fan right there. That's going to be your first fan right there. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate you, man. And that's it, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. I really appreciate it. Special shout out, special thanks goes out to Corey Meaner, Juice Parrish, and DeAndre Washington for being on the show. And especially special thanks goes out to Michael Percoco for taking time out of his busy schedule to break down these games with me, man. You're definitely invited to come back whenever you want to. You got any last words for our people? Um... You know, it's coming to the playoffs and there's there's um, probably a lot of coaches with mental health issues um, that could come up. Um, I know I'm one of them and um, it's, it's definitely a time of year where it takes an effect on you. Um, but I want you, you know, many of you know this, but there's a lot of guys in those locker rooms um, who appreciate what you do. Um, you, uh, you, you build a community for people um, who are looking to reach out and talk to one another. Um, so when it gets really cloudy and hazy, especially this time of year from all the work, um, just remember that there's many people in this league, no matter how grim it looks sometimes, um, who appreciate everything that you're doing for them. Well said, well said. Guys, looking forward to bringing you another great podcast next week. Until then, y'all, stay safe, treat each other well. Michael and Stryker out.